Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get the episode started. I have something exciting to tell you about. We have launched the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. That's right. You can now become a monthly supporter of the show for just a few dollars, less than a cup of coffee a month. You can support keeping these amazing dude stories coming to you. And there's even a bonus at one of the tiers that I think is going to be very exciting. I have some great ideas to come to as we develop this, but I wanted to get it launched and in your hands. So if you enjoy what you hear on this show and you want to help me to keep it coming to you, please go over to that link in the show notes, and that is patreon.com slash keto. Thank you so much, my friends, and on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am excited to have you with us once again as we get ready to dive into the story of yet another dude who is joining us on the cast. His name is Jeff Lee, and Jeff has a great story to tell, but first, let's just let's see how he's doing tonight. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be talking to someone back in New England. Um, it's always, you know, a good thing for me to to feel like at least I'm talking to the East Coast. So I, I'm excited. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, we. I'm, I'd be excited for your weather, though. Uh, we well, could switch that. <laughs> that is true. That is, that is true. It is a it is a chilly sixty here right now. I think, uh, which actually is kind of cold to me, but you know, still. I, I try not to rub it into people when they're like, how was your morning? I'm, and I want to say it was cold, but I know if I say it was 48, they're going to be like, well, yeah, we're getting to 25 today. So thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I'm out, I'm out now on the, I live out in the Cape and it's like a little bit warmer than mm. like the rest of the area, but that's like, it got to like the forties instead of the thirties out here. So. Ah. <laughs> well, there we go. So Jeff, we're going to dive right into it. Let's start with that first question. Tell everybody, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Mm. Well, I was, and in my head some days, um, a very big dude. Um, I was at my heaviest. I was almost 450 pounds. Um, I would say I'm probably, I was closer to that. The highest recorded weight that I ever saw was at... Um, like the first step of my journey, I'll get to it in a minute. That was 435. But of course, when you make that doctor's appointment, you're like, well, I got to get back on a little bit before I, make, <laughs> I go in there. So it's not a com- complete embarrassment. You're like, oh, wow, I didn't think it was that high. Um, yeah, so um, I guess going way, way back, I've always kind of been like the bigger guy, um, always. Like ever since elementary school, I was a big kid. Um so I think a lot of us can relate to that. Like you kind of just try to try to blend in as best as you can, and you know, like the stereotypical like funny fat guy kind of like just make them laugh so they don't notice anything else kind of thing. Um. So that was pretty much most of my upbringing. Um, I would say most of my family were kind of on the heavier side, and food was always. A good thing, you know what I mean? Um, and then kind of fast forwarded to where I am now. Um, I'll go back in between. But um, in 2017, I realized that this is getting scary. I had a doctor tell me that this is getting scary. So I decided to have um, gastric bypass. And that kind of 
started the whole um, journey of where I am today. Sure. And so you you got to you know you you got to see that four thirty five you know got up around four fifty you know by twenty seventeen. What do you think it was that brought you there? Like what what do you really think? Have you thought about kind of like what drove your weight? Like is there anything you can identify? Um, I think since losing it, because uh, they prior to surgery, you go through all these different uh, appointments and consultations, and they want you to really take a look at it because surgery only limits your intake; it doesn't limit the problem. You know what I mean? So, um, I think since losing it, and since you kind of like really like, okay, I don't want to go back to four hundred and thirty-five pounds. So I've been trying to kick a more like proactive approach of like. What is it? And I think for me, stress has always been the trigger for me. Um, stress eating. And I think I, I mean, I, th- I know it was mostly stress eating because, I mean, like I said, I was a bigger kid growing up. I didn't, I mean, I had a, my family's great. Like I'm really close with my parents and I have two brothers. I'm close to them. Um, so it wasn't any like traumatic incident or anything. It was just like, a lot of times it was the quick, easy meals at home or the comforting meals, you know what I mean? So that's, we just have way too much, mostly. Um, but I think it really, really started packing on, um, like when I started working. So like 16, I just worked at a pharmacy. Um, and on break, you would just grab like the junk, like convenience foods and go eat in the back, you know what I mean? So it was like, just like, those heat and eat pastas and candies and chips and all that kind of stuff. And I think it just progressively grew, but the stress also progressively grew. Now I was in school, I was working. Um, then you go to college and that just vamps everything up. And um, I was, and honestly still am like that kind of like hidden eater where like a lot of my junk is eaten in the car like where it's just just me and my thoughts <laughs> yeah and, and and that's something i was going to bring up if you if you didn't ju- you didn't jump to it because i i relate to that a lot so i, yeah. I think that's something a, a lot of us do and so so what was kind of what was that like for you or um, what is that like for you, you know? yeah i mean i mean honestly i still i still kind of struggle with that like just trying to like that urge to just not stop and get garbage uh on the way home or on the way to work um i know in in school so in college i commuted um i went to a a state university there was only like 30 minutes from my house so to save money um i just commuted to to school and so i worked um and went to school at the same time which is honestly that's a lot and um and I went to school to teach. So um, after I got my graduate degree, I got placed into an internship program, which was great for my master's degree in teaching, which is, it was amazing. And it was a great opportunity and it opened some doors. And But I would be working in a high school. And so I'd work like seven to three and it was, they were paying for my school. So I didn't get a stipend or anything. So I still needed to work outside of that. <laughs> so I would work I would work seven to three and I was either going to class from like four to ten at night or I was working at, from four to ten at night. And then on the weekends. I actually worked at Home Depot all through graduate school and college. Um 
which is funny because I was still, I was like the bigger guy. I mean, I was probably like, I don't know, in my early 20s, I was over three, probably pushing 350. So I worked at Home Depot, which at, was kind of like a physically intensive job. Like I was loading and unloading mulch and concrete and all this other stuff, which is odd because I wasn't, definitely wasn't in the greatest shape, but I felt good enough because I was doing it and at that job I met some real active people because again it's kind of a demanding job oh okay <laughs> I did so um again so I at Home Depot I, I met some really cool inactive um people and they pushed me to do stuff so even at 350 um I did uh a couple 5k's for a charity for um, a friend in honor of someone that they lost. And I was going to the gym. Um, I mean, this time of year, I know everyone can kind of relate to like, okay, like we're going to do it this time. And so like um, my wife and I, we would we would jump on, okay, let's go to like Weight Watchers. Let's go do this. Because um, my parents actually were really successful at Weight Watchers. Um they both lost a ton of weight, so I was like, you know what, we can do this too, so we jumped on, I lost like 60 pounds, and then I can't keep it off, <laughs> so I, you just lose that same 60 pounds, you gain 75 back, you know what I mean, and then it's just that cycle, um, so that kind of just built and built, so literally for, for almost two years, I was either going to school or working straight, basically that was that was like I said I was doing an internship during the day I was working and going to school at night trying to keep up the grades because it's my career um and it it kind of just eventually kind of took a toll because I was I was stretching myself in um I was um and most of the time the only time I had a chance to eat was on the go so It'd be a gas station, McDonald's, fast food, and obviously that just packs it on. Um, so then, um, after a while of losing and gaining and losing and gaining, um, I kind of just, you just get to a point where you're like, this is pointless. And I think that's when it just really started getting packed on. Um, my wife and I moved into our own place, so like, because my parents obviously were, they're your parents, they're like, they're like, you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't eat that, maybe you shouldn't do that, and I know we all love that, that remark, <laughs> um, <laughs> so once that's gone, then there's literally, like, no filter, like, my wife and I never really checked each other too much, um, we both worked a lot, so, um, I remember the first time I saw over four, um, I think it was probably 2015, um, yeah, it was probably around going into 2015, because that, um, summer, my wife and I found out we were pregnant with my first son, and so I'm like, you know what, like, I gotta, I gotta get in check, you know what I mean, like, this is, this is becoming a bigger issue, you know what I mean, it's, it's not just me now, now it's my wife, it's my son, like, I need to be there, I need, um, and I need to be active, like, I want to be able to do all these things, like, I mean, as, as a guy who's, like I said, I've always been active and wanted, wanted to be active, but I felt like I was just hindered, um, by my abilities, so, 
Um, I went to the doctors just as like a checkup because honestly, before 2015, it was probably like two or three years since I even had a checkup, like an annual physical. And I got there and I was over 400 pounds and my doctor was like, you know, like, have you ever considered weight loss surgery? It's like, it's a lot amount of weight to lose. And I'm like, no, I can do this. Like, I got this. I felt motivated because I was expecting our first child. And I was like, I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to really do good. And we actually found out, um, my wife and I were doing Weight Watchers before we found out um, we were pregnant. And we were doing really good. Um, and then obviously when my wife got pregnant, she couldn't have a restrictive diet. Like, I mean, you, you don't want to gain too much and she was really good, but it's tough to do it on your own. So I kind of fell off the track. Um, and then I actually had like, I think this is when I first realized that stress and anxiety was a bigger issue in my life than I gave credit for. Um, because, again, I think I use food to just mask the bigger issue. Um, I actually did a really cool 5K run with my younger brother. We're both huge New England sports fans. So they had this race called the Finish at the 50, where you do a, you do a 5K at Gillette Stadium, and you run, you run onto the field, and that's the finish line. Um, so my brother and I were like, this is sweet. Like, it's on, it was the 4th of July weekend. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, this is such a cool event. We got a couple of our buddies to do it. But, like, if anyone's ever been to a professional sports stadium, and especially if anyone's in the New England area, Gillette has these ramps that go all the way up to the triple deck. Oh, yeah. And part of the race was you run around the stadium's parking lots, and you go into the stadium, you go up all the ramps. So I was like, oh my goodness, like, <laughs> I just remember, like, this is gonna kill me, because it wasn't my first time ever at Gillette, my brother, funny enough, who did it, um, used to get basically season tickets, he would buy them from a guy, and so he was taking me to a bunch of games, and, um, so I remember, like, the thought of running up those was, like, scary, and we did it, um, I think it was, like, I think it was over... It was almost an hour, I think. It was like 50-something minutes for me to do a, a 5K. And at the end of it, like, I felt good. But driving home, um, all of a sudden, I start feeling like I was having, like, heart palpitations. And, like, I almost passed out. So in my mind, I was like, like, I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> like, that's all, that's all I could think of. Like, I was terrified. So I actually pulled over for a little bit to kind of just, like get my like self together ended up driving home but I couldn't get out of my head like did I just have like am I having heart issues so we ended up going to the emergency room that night and they hooked me up with a monitor and for like they didn't see anything on the scan they're like we'll put a monitor on you just to like in case and I was like okay but then like that's when it like really hit me it's like this is no joke like, you know what I mean? Like, this this is scary. Like, um, I've had issues, like, I've had instances where, like, just walking around at work, you kind of get winded and stuff like that. But now it's just like, this is serious. And they did all the tests. They told me, you're fine. Like, they didn't see anything wrong. You're fine. You didn't have a heart attack. Like, whatever. I actually went back to my doctor. She said the amount of activity I was doing and at the time I was on blood pressure meds, like she said, the meds could have dropped your blood pressure too low. So that, so that's why you felt like that. Like, 
So there was lots of different things, but in my head, I was like, I'm having heart issues. And I, I'm like, no lie, I had like crippling anxiety the whole summer before my son was born. Because all I can think about was like, I wasn't even going to see it. I wasn't going to see it happen. I'm not going to be there. Um, so I was like in and out of like ERs thinking like I'm having palpitations. And of course, like the more you look up things, like everything on WebMD says you're going to die. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Oh. That's, <laughs> so, a da- so, that, that's a dangerous tunnel to go down. Yeah, it is. So like I'm sitting at home, like, why do I feel like this? It's like, oh, you might die. It's like, oh, great. <laughs> um, perfect when I always feel like that. So like the, the medical induced anxiety was like super real and super scary. And what, and cause I, I don't want to, you know, dig too, you know, kind of dig into you too much on this, but I think it's something that that I've heard from from people before, and I I see a lot, especially when you, you see, especially I I think also like in comment sections for people that haven't been big, and they see someone talk about being over four hundred pounds and finding out that they're going to have a child, and talk about that motivation coming, but then that motivation ends up not being enough. Like, no. what do you, yeah. what do you think that, do you think, is it tied to the anxiety, you know, kind of like that anxiety and stress? Like, what do you think uh, for you, Jeff, like, why do you think that knowing that you had a child on the way wasn't enough? You know what? Like, it's, it's crazy because like, I would, I know the, like the anxiety of it coming, like in that is like, this needs to change. And at first it was like that, but I think honestly, like, um, once he came and it was a very kind of honest, it was a stressful pregnancy. We had a couple like almost close calls. Like he, he couldn't wait to start running out <laughs> literally. And that energy level has not stopped. <laughs> but, um, so we, he, my wife actually went to labor at 28 weeks. Um, and luckily we were, were able to stop it, but for the next 10 weeks till it was healthy for him to get delivered. Like we were thinking like, could this be it? Like, you know what I mean? So that didn't help. And, but I think, so I think that kind of added to my stress and it prevented me from working out. Cause I thought I was having art issues. I actually had a, a monitor for 30 days. Um, cause I, I was going in and out of the emergency room. They're like, we'll, we'll do all these tests, but I like, I'll still, I can still picture it. I remember going in, to like a local walk-in ER place and um the nurse asked me she's like so what's wrong and I just broke down <laughs> and she's like whoa she's like she's like I think you're stressed <laughs> I'm like <laughs> she's like honestly she's like we can go and do these tests but she's like you need to obviously like the, the cliche like you need to relax <laughs> it's like oh it's that easy okay <laughs> um so, but I think when my son arrived, it put me at ease because he was safe. You know what I mean? So, like, even though I needed, to, I knew I needed to lose weight, it it took that anxiety away or it off the off the front burner per se, um, because he was here. Um, and then obviously, it's like a different stress on top of it with a newborn, but it was controllable and I like my wife will attest to this but like I don't want to call myself a control freak but I think in that kind of aspect like I like I like to help people like I'm an educator like I I like to help people like and to fix problems and with the pregnancy there's nothing I could do 
like literally nothing I can do. And I think that is what really got to me. Um, so my son came, um, the first summer actually, I, cause I worked, um, at the time I was just an aide for a school. Um, I didn't find a teaching job yet. Um, so it was only a 10 month contract. So I, is, I know the joke is for teaching, you get into teaching, the, the top three reasons is June, July, and August. But for me, those are my three scariest months because I didn't get a paycheck at that time. So I was either trying to scramble to find summer work and if I didn't find it, I like the summer he was born, I stayed home. I didn't work for three months, which obviously adds to a lot of stress um, and a lot of downtime by myself, which added to my weight gain. Um, so basically a year later, because I finally was going to a doctor who I, I liked. It was actually like a family doctor at that point. My wife had her and my son actually actually saw my son too. It was kind of a weird situation. but So we all had, she knew all of us. So a year later... She's like, hey, your son's here. He's almost a year. Your weight is higher than it was. She's like, you sure you don't want to look into this? <laughs> and it was like probably the fall of like 2016. I was like, you know what? Why not? You know what I mean? So um, she gave me the information to the UMass um, Medical Center in Worcester. And she's like, they do... A free seminar, you could just go and learn about it. I'm like, you know what? Why not? So it was in like January. Um, my wife and I go, they give us this big spiel about the different types of surgeries and what you can expect and the process and everything like it. And I'm like, this is interesting. And then um, they actually have you like ask you, it's like, do you want to follow, do a follow up? I was like, I guess. And so the, the follow-up wasn't until April. So I was like, whoa, okay. Um, so it was like seven or eight weeks in between. Um, and in that time, we had my son's first birthday and all these different big events. And so April comes around, and that's when I go to the, back up to Worcester. Um, and um, that's when I get into the doctor's office, and it said my weight was 435. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you know what I mean, so um, that kind of it really took me for a surprise, and that was when it's like, you know what, I I need to do this. Like it went from like, should I do this to like, I need to. Um, so with everything that I had, and can can I stop you for a second? Because yeah, I think yeah. that's really interesting. Like that flipping that switch. Like was it was it just the number on the scale, or was it realizing? that you were seeing this number continue to go up no matter how much you tried. Like, what what do you think really flipped it for you? I think it was kind of, it was a little of both. I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of different things. So, like, honestly, with, like, a newborn, it's easy. Like, for the first year, that they just sit. You can just sit, and that's fine. Um, so I would, like, lay on the couch and just sit and do everything with him. And he's, that's fine. As a guy who's 400-something pounds, like, I can do that. Um, but as he was getting older, like I said, he just kept getting faster and I was getting slower. Um, so in my mind, I'm thinking like years down the road, like I want to be the, cause I want to be the one coaching him. I want to be doing all this stuff. Um, I actually, even at 400 plus pounds, like I'm really into golf. Um, I was my, 
high school assistant uh, golf coach with so me and this other teacher we we coach golf together and of course like we had a cart available so i was like yeah i would do that um uh, i'm all over that so i would i would go around and drive around with the cart and give these two guys tips and lessons and it was fun it was great i played golf in high school actually um so but i just remember thinking like in when he's in doing all these sports like i'm not gonna be able to catch up with him like i can barely catch up with the toddler like i mean how am i gonna he's gonna be able to do all this stuff and i'm not gonna be able to be there um so i think that seeing how high that number was getting um especially considering like i said like once i made the appointment i was kind of being more mindful um especially after going to the presentation so i'm like wow like i didn't think i was gonna be over 400 pounds so I think that was just, it just made it real. And it just, it, it finally hit. It's like, you know what? Like you've tried and tried and tried and you've done well, but that's a lot of weight. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, that's always what used to kill me. Like I would lose like 60 pounds on Weight Watchers and be like thinking like, oh, this is great. Like I'm doing well, I can do this. And it's like, I'm still 340 pounds, like, I'm not even, like, I'm maybe halfway where I want to be, and, like, I've been killing myself, you know what I mean, and I think that's, from now to back then, like, thinking that, that diet idea, like, I think getting weight loss surgery and having success, but I think the success from weight loss surgery comes from this isn't temporary, you know what I mean? This is it. Like, I don't consider myself on a diet or on this new thing. Like, this is my new life. You know what I mean? And doing doing the whole process with the weight loss surgery um, really opened my mind to that. And I think, honestly, I, that's why I feel like I've had the success that I've had is because I don't see it as I need to do this to lose a certain amount of weight. It's like, no, this is what we do now. <laughs> like, this is life. You know what I mean? And everyone I've talked to, like, in the the quote-unquote community, like, um, the ones who have done well has that, have that same mindset. It's like, this is, this is what we're doing now. Um, in, in what surgery did you end up having? So I actually had the um, R&Y gastric bypass. Um, the clinic, uh, or the weight loss center that I went to, they, they only do two. They do the VSG, so the sleeve, or they do gastric bypass. Um, and they basically said like 80% of the people would be fine with the sleeve. And that's, that is very popular today. Um, I got gastric bypass because even before surgery, I had like crippling heartburn at night. So with bypass, it solves that because, um, it gets rid of those stomach acids basically. So what they do is they basically form, so unlike the sleeve where they take your stomach out, like I still have all the parts in there. <laughs> They're just kind of rearranged. <laughs> so they make like this small little pouch from your stomach and the rest of it kind of gets sealed up, but they um, reroute through the stomach because they still need um, that digestive enzymes. So like, the idea of a stomach is smaller, but the enzymes and everything to break down the food is still there. They just get routed a little differently. Um, 
And because of that, like, there's all different things you need to be conscious of. Like, um, I'll be on multivitamins and calcium and stuff forever because it doesn't, um, the food passes so quickly and you only take so much in that you lose, um, nutrition absorption. So that's why, that's why you take the multivitamins and stuff. But, um, so that's why I had, and, and on top of my heartburn and all that kind of stuff, bypass is for people who need to lose a more significant chunk of weight. Um, so because I needed to lose 200 plus pounds of excess weight, um, they suggested the bypass. Um, so in December of 2017, because I just hit three years, um, I had surgery and it was honestly a pretty, pretty good experience. I mean, for me anyways, um, it wasn't so much for my wife because, um, UMass at the time, they, they didn't have any beds available. So my surgery went a little bit later. So she was honestly paranoid, like paranoid, like, why is it taking so long? But the doctor's like, no, he did fine. Don't worry. It's like, he's just stuck in recovery. So, and I was stuck there all day. And I mean, honestly, for, for me, like, I didn't know I was just sleeping anyways. Um, they did kind of, they did a new kind of pain management where they did the, a nerve block. So like my whole abdomen, was like numb. So I didn't feel like any real pain, honestly, the first 24 to 36 hours. I mean, it, it was just like kind of a dull ache. Like you just did like a crazy ab workout. <laughs> but, um, and my doctor was like, all hyping himself up about it because it was something that they usually don't use but he wants to use it more so I was kind of like one of his few tests <laughs> because my insurance was good <laughs> so he's like he's like you're not gonna pay for it anyways so whatever and I'm like hey I appreciate it <laughs> he was actually a huge Patriots fan and I just I'll never forget because it, it was on a a Friday and um that like right after my surgery he came and checked me out and he said he was going to Logan to fly down to Miami to watch the Patriots play. <laughs> I'm like, must be nice. That's awesome. And so how did life change for you right after? So right after was, I mean, they prepare you. So again, so my, the program that I went through is I had to be in a kind of like learning setting for six months, um, where you see nutritionists, you see a psychologist, you see, like a physiologist, like you do all these, and it's great. And it was a great opportunity um, to to have all these resources. And they tell you what it's going to be like, but you're like, well, whatever. And I just remember thinking like right after surgery, obviously the first thing they need you to do is try to start drinking fluids because you can't be hooked up to an IV. Um, and I just remember getting like the little like 30 milliliter like medicine cups that you get like, I don't know, NyQuil in, like, <laughs> and like, it was a struggle just to get the 30 down at first. I was like, oh boy, <laughs> like, this is, this is different. <laughs> um, and honestly, and for them to, so it was an all liquid diet for at least, I think it was two weeks. And before I could even leave the hospital, I had to show that I could get down like two ounces of um, a protein shake. But like, if you can't do this and you can't leave, so. And it took like a good 30 minutes to drink two ounces of a liquid. Um, so that was kind of eye-opening. It's like, this is, this is legit. Um, so the first two weeks, like, I think I slept on the couch for three weeks because I couldn't even get into bed and laying down and being 
400 plus pounds. Like, I, I don't know if it was the pressure of my stomach. Like, so I needed to be propped up. So I slept on the couch for a long time just because it was easy to get in and out. And I was almost sleeping, sitting up. Um, I was out of work for four weeks. Um, even though I felt good after two, honestly, but I was just getting tired. And luckily enough, my job at the time was easy enough. It wasn't, it was just teaching or, um, I was, again, I was an aide, so I wasn't doing anything too strenuous. Um, so after four weeks I went back, but it was three solid weeks of just protein shakes and water. Like setting an alarm every two hours, you drink eight ounces of water. Every two hours, you drink eight ounces of protein shake and just try to keep up your goals. Cause I think it was like they wanted something like over 100 grams of protein a day and like 64 ounces of water. Um, yeah. So it was just like, oh, like, and they remember telling me that like you'll feel good after a couple of weeks, but they suggest to take four to six weeks off because it's, just to get a schedule like this because it's like work trying to get all this stuff in like so i mean we all get distracted when we go to work um so like you can't like you can't afford not to be doing this stuff because you can get into a bad spot um i remember when they went to an appointment i think it was like my one month checkup and that's when they said like you could start having like pureed fruit food so like cottage cheese and like scrambled eggs and I made scrambled eggs for the first time, and it was, like, the greatest thing I've ever tasted yeah. after, like, <laughs> three weeks of protein shakes. Oh, man. Um, um, but, so for the first six to eight months, like, it is pretty limited. Like, a cup of food was, like, enough to make me sick. And when I switched to solid foods, eventually, things you thought would go down easy didn't. Things you thought would be hard to go down went down easy. It was, it was wild. Um... So for the first six months, I mean, I got sick quite a bit um, until you learn about what you can eat. Because, again, they, it's a, and the, not to be cliche, but the old saying for the whole weight loss surgery, it's, it's a tool. It's not a fix. So, um, and it's how well you get used to it. And me making this decision. I mean, that was the first time I ever had surgery. Like, it was way well surgery. It was the first time I ever got knocked out for anything. Um, so, me taking this big of a jump, I was like, we're we're going full bore. And um, my wife joked because, like I said, like, I have always wanted to be active but couldn't. So, like, this tool, like, unleashed the beast. I mean, like, it. this is, like, the me that I've wanted to be. Um, wanting to be able to go and do physical things and not feel like I'm going to pass out. Um, so within the first year, I think I lost 170 pounds or something, almost 200 pounds in the first year. Um, and I never gave myself credit because in my mind, like this was the surgery. I mean, I remember my surgeon, um, at my one year checkup, kind of getting mad at me because I was just like, yeah, it's working well. It's like, he's like, it's not doing anything. It's like, you are putting in the work. Um, and he was like, you need to give yourself credit. And that's like my biggest downfall. Like, I don't, I never like to give myself credit for anything. I'm not a big, I don't, 
It's not that I don't feel like I deserve it, but I just I don't like it. Sure. No, I, I think a lot. I think a lot of guys are that way. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's a pretty common thing. <laughs> yeah. So he was like getting on me. It's like he's and it still sticks to me because he said like he's like you are why I got into bariatric surgery. It's like you are taking this for a new lease on life. He's like. He's like, I've seen people who've had the same exact surgery one year out lose 30 pounds. He's like, so it's like, this is doing as much as you want it to do. And I strongly believe that. And, um, and I think that's why I've, I've had the success that I've had is because this is a tool. It's not everything. Which is, I think, important for people to hear because I think sometimes, you know, we, you, I mean, I've talked with other guests who have had, I, I've had several guys, I think most of them have had um, the sleeve, but I, I've had a couple guys that have had, had bypass on and it's getting past not just the other people, but that voice inside yourself that says, uh, you know, this was the easy way out or this was, you know, this was, ma- this was a magic pill. Like there's, I, I think the guys that show long-term sustained success from surgery are the same people that show long-term sustained sustained success from any tool that's used. It's making the life changes, like actually seeing it as something that you're using and not, especially I think when it comes to surgery, like you said, you know, the doctor sees other people that have only lost 30 pounds in a year because you have that window of opportunity to make change. And if you don't use it properly, you can squander it. That's exactly it. And in, in being further out, I see that even more because honestly, it's like being three years out, like I can eat now. <laughs> like, like I, it's obviously it's still restricted and there's certain foods like, um, sugar, like there's this with sugar gets processed very quickly. Like, um, so it makes you sick now. So like, so if I have, um, ice cream is my like, biggest thing if i have any ice cream now like i feel instantly like super nauseous like i'm gonna it's gonna it's coming out kind of thing um so it's still there like this tool is still in place but the longer you go out the less effects it has and honestly i think why the surgery works the way it does is because your body's healing for like 12 to 18 months, realistically, like that's, that's the golden window. But in those 12 to 18 months, it's not how much weight you can lose. It's how much are you going to learn? Like, so are you going to take these restrictive measures and realize that you could be satisfied on a cup of food or in a cup and a half of food eventually, you know what I mean? Which are normal servings. Like I would honestly say like, my calorie intake is probably like 18 to 2000 calories a day, which is average for an average male person. Like that's an average amount of food. I mean, when I was 400 something pounds, I could probably kill 2000 calories in a meal. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, so like knowing that like these smaller sizes, it's, it's yes, it's smaller, but eventually they get normal. You know what I mean? And knowing that that's a normal amount of food. And what you were eating before was abnormal. That's why you were, were bigger. So, like, once you learn these new skills and this new mindset, like, if that mindset clicks, like, this is a lifestyle and not temporary, those are the people that have the success. Um, and I've told people, I feel like losing the weight was the easy part. Um, I've lost weight before. Um, 
I'm I'm more proud of the two years since my massive drop. You know what I mean? I've I've basically been within ten pounds the same weight for two years, and that is more mind blowing than me losing two hundred plus pounds. You know what I mean? Because I've I've never been able to keep anything off for more than two months. Never mind two years. You know what I mean? So. I think just using the tool effectively. I mean, I there's an awesome comparison. That I don't know if my surgeon told me or someone online. The fact that weight loss surgery is like building a house with a, a nail gun instead of a hammer. It might be quicker, but it doesn't mean you can't still do it. You know what I mean? So, like, it's, it's just using a different tool. So, um yeah. So no. So let let's kind of get into because you've made some real kind of changes, not just in obviously you know we we could spend time going into exactly what what you eat looks like and all of that, and I I don't think that is necessarily the important thing for people. You know, they kind of get a get a picture of that, but you've really embraced being active. Yeah. So um, basically, ever since a month out, I started going to the gym regularly. Um, I think I could probably confidently said ever since a month out of surgery, I've been in a gym or working out at least every other day for going on three years now. Um, now it's every day, but we'll, we'll kind of get into that. So I started just walking like 30 minutes walking on a treadmill. And when I started to get comfortable enough, I said, you know what? I really want to get into running. It's something that I always kind of liked but it was hard. Like I enjoyed doing the five Ks. I did a warrior dash was like a mud run over like being over 350 pounds. Um, I'm like, I want to do these things. I actually, um, my wife bought me a Spartan race at Fenway in like 2013. It was like the, right before my, um, I think it was like 2015 or something. It was before my son was born and like, I'm like, oh, this is great. Like you get to run around Fenway Park and like, but then I started like seeing like how intense it was and I actually like psyched myself out and like, I'm going to get hurt. So I didn't even go like, and I feel bad because it was like almost a hundred bucks and I told my wife that I was just sick and I like literally made myself think sick thinking I was going to get hurt and I was supposed to do with, a, I, was, I was supposed to do with a buddy and he went and did it by himself, which I felt horrible. Um, so I'm like, I want to do these things. So... I started just this easy, like, I'm going to do a five-minute walk, like 2.5 on the treadmill, walk, warm up, and then I'm like, I'm going to kick it up to, th like, 3.5 for a minute, just a little jog, and then kick it back down, you know what I mean? For me, that was a jog. Now, that's, like, walking, but, like, and I would just do that until I got tired. Like, I would do a jog for a minute and then walk for two minutes or three minutes, and I would jog for a minute and walk for three minutes, and then slowly build up the jogging and reduce the walking and then I just remember like I would document so I know that you and a lot of people are active on the Instagram community about a year in I said you know what I'm gonna start documenting this like I was using personal stuff to document and get support from family and stuff and but before surgery I saw a couple guys online that I was like wow like these guys were like super successful and like if he can do it, maybe I can do it kind of thing. And so I'm like, you know what? Like that was such, it gave me confidence going into surgery. It's like, I want to document my progress and maybe I could do that to someone. Like I didn't, 
I didn't think, again, me being me, I didn't think I was special. I just wanted to keep myself in check. And it would be cool to see the progress. So I started just taking pictures and saying, okay, hey, look, I hit a 16-minute miles a day. And then they'd be like, oh, I'm down to 15 and to 14. And I remember thinking, like, wow, I was like, I'm at 12-minute miles. And, like, just, like, seeing the progress. And eventually I just started running longer and longer and longer. And I would do, like, a mile straight and then do two miles straight. And be like, okay, maybe we could do a couple 5Ks. And then it's like, you know what, I'm going to do a 10K and then do 10 miles. And um, I have um, my cousin's now husband. They live in uh, New Bedford. So I think it was in 2019. He's like, hey, you've been running a lot. This was in 2018, actually, before. And he's like, hey, you've been running a lot. He's like, in on St. Patrick's Day, they do a really big half marathon in New Bedford. I do it every year because they live there. He's like, hey, do you want to sign up? So I'm like, sure, let's go for it. I always thought like a half marathon, like when I used to run before, it's like, man, that would be amazing to do someday. Like, that'd be so crazy. Um, so I signed up in 2019 to do the um, New Bedford Half Marathon. And I just remember going there and it's just like, I would do, I think my longest run before that was like 10 or 11 miles. So I was like, I could do this. Like, I kind of was trying to pace myself and I remember going out and actually finishing it, and I was just like, wow. Like, it was just an unreal, like, feeling to think, like, this, I just ran for over two hours straight. So I I think my first half marathon was two hours and 20 minutes or something like that, and my goal was, like, 2.30. I just remember thinking, it's like, I just ran for two hours. (laughs) Like, what what is happening? Um, I used to have friends that joke. It's like I, it's like 13 miles is a long drive. Never mind a long run. <laughs> so it was just like it was just like that was when I first realized like I I am running now, and for me it's like a release. It's my biggest form of stress relief. Is I just go out and get a couple miles in, and it kind of just you zone out and let everything go, kind of thing. So like that whole quote, like running is my therapy. Like that is very true for me um so a bunch of friends online we've kind of created this like running group the last year or so um and it's been great because they've most of them have had weight loss surgery um someone who you guys you actually talked to ryan um ryan runs marathon he's in our little our group and um and it's just nice like we all have that same kind of background like we all most of us have had surgery and now we're getting into this new love of running. Um, so a few of us last April, um, when the whole COVID crisis was really starting to shut things down, we're like, hey, we can still run. Because like, I was going to the gym every other day. I was lifting, but I was still running like on the off days or at the gym like a mile or two. Like I didn't – it wasn't intense. Um I did a couple half marathons in 2019. So I did the New Bedford half marathon, and then I did the the Boston Athletic Association half marathon, which was great because I actually raised money um, in support of a coworker's daughter who was going through the Dana Farber Clinic. And we ra- yeah, um, this race I raised it was over fifteen hundred dollars um, for cancer research. So that was great. So that one meant a lot, and being a 
sports fan just in Boston. It was cool. And so, so no, go ahead. So in April, when COVID started shutting down the gyms, like, and we couldn't lift, I'm like, you know what? What if we just make a pledge to run at least a mile every day and see how far we can go? Because at first we're thinking like it'd be cool to see like not cool to see, but just to track the year. I mean, everything else is shutting down and there's negative news everywhere. It's like, let's have a goal to keep us going. Like you can't cancel outside. (laughs) I mean, you, you can go and socially distance and run. So, um, a few of us started in April about running at least a mile every day. And now there's only a couple of us left. And, uh, today was day 290 um of at least a mile every day that's amazing um, yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask what we were up to because i know from some of your recent posts i knew you were getting up there so yeah 290 i know like we're determined to hit a year um and then i might have to to loosen up because i even i the post that i put up on today's day but the quote that like it's not it's not getting easier you're getting stronger kind of thing and um to say that my legs just ache is like an understatement. Oh goodness! <laughs> like, there's just like different levels of soreness. Oh, so, I'll like, bet. Um, like this past weekend on Saturday, I ran eight miles, so that kind of puts a lot. So I've been kind of tailing back, and then um, another crazy goal I have this year is to do a, a half marathon distance, like at least every other month. My goal is every month, but doing this ramp up to a half marathon distance i'm like maybe i'm gonna do every other month (laughs) um but and then an ultimate goal that i have for this year is to actually run a marathon and um i've been talking to a few people and ryan being one of them who has experience of running a marathon um so my goal is maybe in the fall to actually run a full marathon which is something that i would have never thought even possible even now i it's it's kind of daunting but um which is everything yeah which is something to think about like let's let's put this in context you know we're we're sitting we're talking about the fact that three years you know a little over three years ago you were 435 pounds and and now you're talking about having the goal of running a marathon this year like when you look at all of this big picture jeff like what do you think are the the biggest lasting changes that stand out to you that def- kind of define this new life that you've built? I think the whole idea that you are, you're stronger than you know, kind of thing. So I think, especially being a bigger person, like there's, there's just kind of roadblocks always in your way. Like, so you, you're always afraid to put yourself out there. I mean, we've all had those just, like you would feel, and I think okay. So you would think you would be in a comfortable situation, but you always have to be on edge. So, for example, like the whole stereotypical, let's go out to a bar with friends. Well, is it going to be crowded? Like, am I going to be able to fit in between tables? Am I going to be able to fit in between people? Like, just a situation that should be totally fun turns into a stressful situation. Let's go to a football game. Well, I can't fit in the seats. You know what I mean? Like, let's go to Fenway Park. I love baseball. I love Fenway. I used to go with my grandfather. If anyone has ever been or seen pictures of Fenway, 
it's the oldest stadium in baseball, and the seats fit people from 1912. <laughs> not, from, not from 2020, you know what I mean? So, like, so I just remember I used to love going, um, but it was almost building up, like, a complex. It's like, I hope I'm at the end of the aisle, <laughs> because, um, because if not, I was just going to sit with my, like, shoulders and my arms clenched for three and a half hours and barely enjoying it you know what i mean so like these fun events would just cause stress so you just constantly build up these things or you don't want to do anything um uh, oh i completely relate to that i mean like being a, a fellow new england sports fan i've i've been to the seats in fenway and i've also i've broken seats at gillette stadium me too. Yeah. I mean, that's it. those those freaking plastic seats. Like it, it's yeah. funny you brought up those ramps, and I started to have flashbacks because I actually my my first game at at the new Gillette, quote unquote, new Gillette, which only kind of New England New Englanders will understand of a certain age. I was right after I had put all the weight back on, so my my cardio conditioning was awful, and. A buddy got us tickets, and I just remember the friend I went with literally was like, are you going to make it to the seats Like when we're trying to go up the ramps? like I think he thought I was going to die. Then we're sitting there. like Within five minutes, all of a sudden, I go from being like a foot and a half higher up than him in the chair to like half, an, half a foot below him. And he's like, did the chair just break? And I'm like, yeah, I think it did. And so I moved to his. We swapped seats because the, the, we could kind of jury rig it. He was a very light small person and I get into his seat and about 20 minutes later that seat broke too but I didn't want to let him know that that one broke too so I basically stayed in a squatting position the entire game and literally was in like almost probably crying in pain by the time it started pouring so we all went out went up under the underhang and I was so happy to be able to go up and lean against the railing it's like, I mean I had that same experience. It's so it's so wild you say that because that's exactly what I had to do. So I remember walking up with my brother, um, who was smaller at the time, and um, he still is. I don't know why I said at the time, but he was he's always kind of been thin, and um, we'd have to take a break like every couple of ramps. I'd be like, hold on, hold on a second, and then so we finally get up there, and then you have to climb up the mountain in the three hundred sections. So you go even it's like vertical straight up. Um, and I, it was a great game. Like it was actually, um, we saw Brady's 400 touchdown passes. And so like, we were all getting all excited and all this other, like just all hyped up. And, um, and I just remember like the seat just sinking and I was like, I just broke the seat. And again, you don't want to say anything cause it's already a super embarrassing moment. Cause he, he heard it like he heard it break and then he heard me move but then i'm trying to be like no no i'm good i'm i think it's fine and then like you said like you're just sitting there with like your feet pushing you back against the seat doing a wall sit mm -hmm. oh yeah <laughs> so like every opportunity we're like oh let's stand up <laughs> cheer yeah time like, to cheer know. yeah <laughs> but it was just ah it was just like crazy and i remember um one of the later games, uh, we went, um, not this past year, obviously, but the year before, and um, it must have been 20, yeah, 2019 we went, and it was him and a couple of his buddies, and I just remember going up those same ramps, and, like, they were just be like, can you slow down? <laughs> like, the table was completely turned, like, I was just like, are you good? Like, I'm 
in my mind, like I was doing it on purpose. It was like two years ago, I thought I was going to die doing the same thing. Like literally thought in my mind I was having a heart attack. And now here I am basically like sprinting up these ramps and ready to go, like ready to take on the world. You know what I mean? And so that, I remember that was a, that was a huge moment. Um, I didn't mean to tangent yeah. off like that, but I, I no, you know. no, it's it was completely perfect because it's like I like I had the same exact experience, but but it's it's those it's realizing that like these like fun events are tough. I mean, I remember thinking after I broke the Z, it's like I don't ever want to go back. You know what I mean? And it's like that was like a traumatizing. Like I don't want to go up those ramps again. Like I don't want to do that again. So like you build up all these walls, but then like once you lose the weight like in your mind like there's days i still see that 400 pound guy it's like i can't do that i mean there's literally like after surgery like you lose it so fast your body really needs like your mind needs to catch up because like you're still like easing into like lawn chairs and you're easy like you're afraid to go buy someone at a store or a restaurant because you think you're not gonna fit it's like no you got plenty of room dude you're fine come here (laughs) like it's just it's wild so i think just realizing that you could do more than you think you can because of years of doubting yourself like that's what's really um stuck out to me and that's and the running is proving it to me like i ran close to a thousand miles in 2020 like because i log it all into a running app and i I remember getting the end of the year report and i was like whoa like it's just crazy and it's just realizing like in my mind now like yes a marathon sounds daunting it is tough but i know that i could do it you know what i mean like i know that if i put in the work i can do it and that mindset is way different for me i mean even my job like so kind of to go back a little bit so I grew up in Connecticut, Eastern Connecticut, which was, we were real close because you were Providence ish. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, in that area. Yeah. We, yeah. So we used to be even closer. Um, um, not anymore. But <laughs> so I, um, again, was looking for jobs um, and the teaching market was kind of tough. So I had, um, a friend encouraged me to be like, hey, why don't you kind of just start branching out and looking at these different things? Because at the time I was working with, um, in uh, special education but a lot with like behavioral issues so in a public school so they weren't extreme but they were still like the problem kids in high schools um so my parents have had uh, a place out in cape cod and like i always like used to just joke and like throw out some applications out here every now and then it's like well maybe just in case i'd always love to live at the cape you know what i mean but um so I applied to the special education um, residential school for very um, unique and severe disabilities. And it's totally different from where I was going. But I'm like, you know what, maybe it's maybe it's time for a change. Like I was doing work with kids with kind of severe kind of histories over the summer um, through like a nonprofit. So like I was kind of going that way. Um, so that's why I applied to it. And I ended up getting the job and the job is physically demanding. And I just, I just think to myself, it's like, I would never be able to do this job if I was the 400 pound me. Like I literally would not be able to do it. Um, so just the whole, my whole kind of career trajectory has been shifted because of weight loss. And the even more interesting thing is, um, the school that I work at, 
one of the um, so it's a that's very complicated um, special um, needs students and they have a genetic disorder that um, makes them like unable to process that hunger feeling so they always feel like they're unsatisfied so a lot of they have severe um, eating issues and it's a food secure environment like if it's not locked up they would have they would eat it and they eat everything um, so the fact that like their whole life is based around in controlling of food it's like I kind of relate to them in a way more than they even would ever know like because they they don't know that side of me some of my co-workers don't know that side of me um so it's 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 just so wild to be where I work in an environment where all the calories are tracked and it's a healthy diet and and the staff can eat the meals so like their students are put on like a 2,000 meal calorie a day and so I can have breakfast and lunch, and it's it's their healthier options. <laughs> it's, it's just it is just so wild to be like, like just a total shift. Um, and I would have never taken that leap um, if I didn't get the confidence from surgery. Honestly, like because again, like at that time, it's like you know what I can do it. I can do this. I can. Why not? You know what I mean? And um, and it's definitely changed a lot. Um, in my career, because I was kind of kind of struggling back in Connecticut. So now I'm out here, and the school I work at is an amazing place. I work with amazing kids, and um, days are tough, but it's it's great. And if I didn't get healthy, I wouldn't wouldn't be here. And I I think th I think that a lot, and it's kind of it's wild. <laughs> well, it's got to be man, because you're 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 proving to yourself all of these impossibilities truly are possible yeah and that's and that's i think people looking in to just the daunting task of with whether however you want to get healthy um that it is possible like there are ways out there to to get you where you want to be kind of thing whether if you want to do it on your own if you want to try this new thing or if you need the help and support of a surgery like there are ways to get you to be where you want to be and it's just how much do you want it kind of thing. So, Which I, I think that's fantastic, man. And we, we've, do, we've gone pretty far into your story, and, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. Is there, is there anything else that you've been through or that you want to make sure that the people listening to this episode hear from you in terms of what you've, what you've just the message you want them to hear? I think the big thing is like, the first year, if you go down the weight loss surgery path, the first year is you need to really get on that mindset. But I, it's also important now, a couple years out, and like I said, I could eat a lot more than I used to. Um, some days I even surprise myself and be like, did I just do that? <laughs> um, but I think it's important, and I'm kind of, kind of going through this right now, is to just knowing that you can always check yourself. You know what I mean? Like... Um, just because it worked doesn't mean it's always going to work. And um, I'm definitely hitting that kind of like, you know what, like we've been kind of stagnant or going up a little bit too much. And um, just to, to reevaluate, to get back to kind of like the quote unquote basics and um, 
never be too big to check yourself. I think that's, that's, and that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, yeah, I've lost over 200 pounds, but it doesn't mean that they're going to stay off. Um, so, um, and again, just finding, finding something that works is another big thing. So, um, I kind of mentioned Instagram. So Instagram was good to help kind of give me the confidence to go through with it. And, there's a lot of supportive people on it. And I think if you find kind of a right crew, like in, not to say that like my family gives me tons of support. My, my parents, my brothers, my wife, everyone gives me tons of support, but it's, and it's great to have. And some people don't have that. And that's why the online community is big, but it's not different hearing it from like, there's things that people can relate to. Like people, people who haven't had weight loss surgery like they don't know and it's not their fault that they don't know they just it's just different um so it's nice to find kind of like a core group of people where it's like we all can relate to like just weird random things that happen you know what i mean um like the fact that i'd be like oh man i had ice cream tonight and like everyone knows how i feel (laughs) and it's like yeah that's why you shouldn't have ice cream you know what i mean but like Obviously, you gotta in, not restrict yourself too much, but you understand. Like, um, so just finding something that works. Um, I have people tell me all the time, it's like, I don't know how you run every day. Like, you're crazy. Like, I could never run. It's like, well, maybe you, you don't have to run as much and you don't have to. Like, find something that works for you. Like, I mean, I love lifting. I wish I could lift more. I'm kind of leery right now at the whole, um, pandemic about going into the gyms um i'm hoping it kind of clears up soon because i miss it and but if you want to just lift your heart out then do it like find something that works i mean there's people who ride their bike 30 miles a day you know what i mean like i think people get so stuck on it's like well you've had success because you run a lot it's like no i have success because i'm moving you know what i mean just move like get up and do something like i didn't lose the weight because i ran a lot it keeps me active and keeps me healthy but there's hundreds of different things you can go and do um so i think people get too kind of caught up on like what they should do rather than just find something that works because i don't think running is working out you know what i mean like i do it for my own enjoyment people go swimming for their own enjoyment swimming to me sounds like a death trap like (laughs) like like i don't care how much like quote-unquote cardio i might have because i could run forever Swimming is a different thing. Like, that's terrifying to me. But other people are like, that's fun. It's like, yeah, find what's fun. Running is fun to me. And to some, that sounds like a nightmare. But running is fun to me. <laughs> well, and I, I think there's I think there's two sides to it. I, I think there's the one, they see your success, so they want to do everything that you did. You know, I, I get that with the, you know, what exactly were you eating when you lost the most weight? Like, what exactly yeah. were you doing during this time? And then I think the other side of it is, if they do what you did and it doesn't work, they can blame you and they don't have to blame themselves. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and I honestly think that's where you got to check yourself. Like I do things that other people do and it doesn't work. So you got to be like, okay, let's reevaluate. Or you do things that other people do and it works for you. Like honestly with my running, yes, I can eat a lot more, but I need to eat a lot more because I run a lot. You know what I mean? So it's, it's different. Like if people saw like, 
my intake and the fact that I'm kind of maintaining, they'd be like, how are you eating that much? It's like, well, I'm also like running for an hour and a half on the weekends, like on a Saturday, on a Saturday. So like I need that. I need something to burn. Um, and I, and even my nutritionist, like, cause I, I would talk to them and I remember talking to them and like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing a half marathon. And they're like, Ooh, like you gotta be careful about with your nutrition. Cause you can only eat so much. And so like, we kind of planned it a little bit, but she didn't have a ton of experience. She actually ran herself, but I mean, she wasn't a weight loss patient. So, um, it's just, I mean, I know it's really tough not to compare, but that's, you can't, um, I tell people all the time, like the only person you should compare yourself is to yourself. Like compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Are you doing better? Or are you doing worse? If you're doing worse, change something. If you're doing better, keep it going. You know what I mean? So, um, in the social media world that we live in, it's hard not to compare yourself to other people, but you just, when you start doing that, it's just, it's gonna, it's a, it's a trap because again, are you gonna end up feeling bad and then stopping? Like, I know that feeling. I know, I think we all feel that feeling. It's like, this isn't working. I'm done. And it's, that's not it. Like there is no done. Like then I, that's how I feel. And that, that kind of mindset is influential. It's the fact that like there is no end. I'm just going to keep going, keep pushing. Um, as my kids get older, so my, my son that really kind of sparked everything, he'll be five in a couple weeks. And that, that alone is mind blowing to me, but he's getting faster and faster. He wants to do more like, um, and to him, see me healthy is, is the ultimate reward. Like I'm, there's pictures of him when he's a, small with me being big and i remember the first time he kind of like knew it he's like that's his big dad and it's like yeah <laughs> like and he's gonna grow up and i want him to grow up to just only real like to be like wow that was you kind of thing because like you'll you you've never looked like that that's my ultimate goal like i want him to be able to do anything and i want to be able to show him that he can do anything so um it's big for so. sure, man. And, and like you said, Jeff, there's, there's no end to your journey, but there is an end to the journey that you and I have <laughs> taken tonight. Yes. So we're going to start to head towards that end and move you into those, fine, those five final questions I ask every guest, the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for them, Jeff? I'm ready. Okay, so here we go, man. Question number one, living or dead, Jeff, who is your favorite fat guy? Ooh. Um... Chris Farley, obviously. Fat guy in a little coat, like best best line. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Question number two, Jeff, what is one lesson being a fat guy has taught you? Um I think that it gives me perspective, I think. The fact that I I know how hard everyday life could be for in different situations. I like it. Question number three. Jeff, what would you say to someone who's out there listening who wants to get their journey started today? What is one thing that they can do? Um, don't be afraid to ask for help. I think that as especially to a male kind of community, asking for help as a guy is tough. And I think that's initially why I didn't want to go towards surgery because it's admitting that you can't do something. So never be too big to admit that you need help. 
I like it. Question number four, Jeff. What's something about yourself that you love? Um, I think my determination. Mm. Um, whether with my fitness or even at work. Like, I always want to do better. Um, it's something that I'm proud of recently. I So, again, I moved recently. I started a new job. I've been there for just over a year. They actually gave me an award for one of the new, best new top employees for our school. So that I'm glad that they see that same determination that I've, I've gotten through getting healthy. So it's, it's nice. That's awesome, man. And question number five, Jeff, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? To finish up my certification to teach in Massachusetts. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm doing provisional things, but my biggest non-fitness motivated goal is getting all that stuff wrapped up because any certification process, if anybody knows, takes forever. And I want to get that wrapped up this year. Oh, yeah. I know that that Massachusetts <laughs> certification. I, working, oh. I used to work at a college that was all about education majors, and the math oh. certification I know is a beast. So It is a nightmare. <laughs> but I, I think with that determination you have inside of you, man, that all things are possible. So we'll definitely see that happening for you soon. Thanks, man. And, Jeff, I want to say thank you again. And if anyone out there listening wants to connect with you or, or see how far the run streak goes, where do they track you down, man? So my Instagram is runningyourbestlife13. Um, um, I recently changed it. It was, used to be weight loss related, but now I'm literally running my best life. That's my motto. There we go. I like it, man. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Jeff, let me just say a big thank you one more time for coming on the show and being so open with what you've been through and what you're doing. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Glad to, man. It was my honor. And everyone else out there, you'll find Jeff's information in the show notes. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto or on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto or you can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. I don't say that a lot, but you can also do that. And if you are interested in coaching or working with me on, on making some changes for yourself, find me at theketoroad.com slash coach dash Mike. Once again, my friends, go out there today. Do something to amaze yourself because you are amazing people. And then catch us again on the next Fat Guy Forum. 